0: What does the term train wreck mean in medicine? Why is that appealing to a third-year medical student? How do you hit the residency interview trail without caring where you actually live? Is it helpful to bring a significant other when you start interviewing for residencies? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Natasha, a successful internal medicine match student here and a recent graduate of the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Okay, well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a great guest today, Natasha. Hi. Uh, Fourth year, soon-to-be physician, internal medicine, correct? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about it. Uh, When third year starts... Were you thinking internal medicine, Where, or, or did you go in with open mind? Like, how did this happen? How did how yeah. did it go down? Yeah,
1: so I went into third year with a pretty open mind. I was kind of leaning towards pediatrics at the beginning of third year, and I really didn't even think about internal medicine on its own. I thought maybe pediatrics, and I had sort of an interest in surgery at that point too. So I started um, my year with a family medicine and then went into surgery and really loved my surgery rotation. So I was thinking that, and I did internal medicine right after surgery. So I went into internal medicine with really no pretenses. I was just like, I'm going to learn all that I can learn during this rotation and then move on. And at the end of my internal medicine rotation, I was like, whoa, I really, really liked
0: this. And did you it like was... the long, in-depth rounds? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: I actually really liked talking about patients, you know, having time to... To think about patients and develop plans on rounds, mm-hmm. and um, I actually really liked working with older patients, and uh, that surprised me too because I never thought I would like working with the opposite with, of
0: pediatric. Yeah, yes.
1: the geriatric mm-hmm. population, but it was really really fun. I had a couple of really amazing geriatric patients on my rotation. And it just really made me love working with that patient population. And then I had pediatrics right after internal medicine and also really liked pediatrics. Mm. So for a while, I kind of toyed with medpeds as a, um, option for me, but then in the end, someone was just asking me, um, you know, Is there a patient population that you feel like you couldn't work without? You know, can you not imagine yourself working without children or can you not imagine yourself working um, without adults? And that's how it became sort of more clear to me. And I knew that I wanted to work with adults and I would miss working with the adult population. And as much as I love children outside of the hospital, I didn't feel like I would necessarily miss working with them as a patient population. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what steered me towards internal medicine but it took pretty much the all of the end of my third year to get to that point. Mm. So it was, wasn't until like my last rotation in neurology that I was like, okay, I think I want to do internal medicine.
0: Because internal medicine patients can be quite complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple diagnoses, multiple multiple medications mm-hmm. a lot of times um, but sounds like you like that. The complicated cases.
1: Yeah, I really liked the complicated cases, and I found myself gravitating towards the more complicated cases. You know, as a third year, they let you kind of have your pick of the patients. They're like, which ones sound interesting to you? And I would always gravitate towards the more complex, more interesting patients, and um, that's just something that I did. Mm-hmm. Naturally, and so.
0: And there's a term in medicine. I don't know if they still use it. They call it the, the word train wrecks. Is that still yeah. used? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Okay, alright. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess the image is when patients, just like when trains crash, there's like a lot of things going on and it's kind of messy. Sometimes patients with so many diagnoses or so many uh, medications, there's so much going on, they also can kind of kind of messy. So mm-hmm. it sounds like that's still used in internal medicine.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, right. yeah.
0: But mm-hmm. you, in rounds in the morning, like, give me the train wrecks. Give me the most complicated patients.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, especially the medically complicated patients. Of course, the socially complicated patients come with their own issues, mm-hmm. but I really, really liked the medically complicated patients. And, um, yeah, I thought it was just really interesting to have a say in um, kind of their – their care both inside the hospital and when they were leaving the hospital mm-hmm. because internal medicine docs deal a lot with disposition and stuff like that. So I found all of that stuff
0: really interesting my third year. So which rotations on internal medicine? Were you at the VA or where were you at? I was at the U. Okay. Yeah. All right. So
1: it's one of the busier um, places dif- to do your third year. And do they have
0: different medicine. teams? or is it just Yeah. Of, I mean, okay. So There was how, four
1: uh, different medicine teams. There was one third year medical student on each medicine team at correct. that point. Um, and then there's usually a sub a fourth-year medical student. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was the third year. There was a sub I, and then I had two interns and a resident, a second or third-year resident.
0: And are all the teams like equal, or like, is one team more like GI kind of stuff? Another team more kind of kidney stuff? Or mm-hmm. how does how that? Made it? At the U, or is it kind of random.
1: Yeah, at the U, they were kind of all. They kind of all just. Um, um, they kind of all had random patients Mm -hmm. some teams were more like nephrology related had nephrology related patients and so the interns would go around with the nephrologist but as a third year you didn't do much of that so Mm -hmm. all the patients you saw were the same no matter what team you were on
0: okay and how many patients were you following as a third
1: year um i started out with around two patients and then by the end of my third year i had kind of made my way up to three or four at one point but one of my patients was one who had been in the hospital the whole time I was there, so they weren't a brand-new patient for me to follow. They were just someone I was um, continuously following. Um, So, yeah. And four was a lot as a Mm -hmm. third-year medical student. Um, But I think it was a good lesson in how to organize your time mm-hmm. and, you know, prioritize what's most important to get The that number done. will
0: only go up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so
1: I hear. <laughs> uh,
0: what time in the morning would you get there? I mean, what time would you pre-round? And what would so, pre-rounding look like in internal yeah. medicine?
1: So I got there at, um, at the beginning of the rotation. I got there around 6 o'clock okay. and the interns would usually come around 6.30 um, and I would just get there in the morning, um, open up my patient charts, look at their vitals, look at, um, sort of any big events that happen overnight. Did any medications change? Did they have anything, you know, major that happened overnight? And then I would, um, go see the patient, um, go see how they're doing. Um, and then talk to the nurse or anything. If, if I had any additional questions and then I would come back and, uh, formulate a plan Mm -hmm. for the patient for that day. And after I did that, then I would sort of work more on the note just in case I ran out of time. I would at least have something Mm -hmm. to present on rounds. So I would do that. And then I utilized the interns. They were super, obviously super helpful in helping me formulate plans. And I would talk to the pharmacist. There was also a pharmacist on the team. So if I had any questions about medication changes or, um, had any um
0: like dosing and dosing. schedules mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah yeah then i would ask the pharmacist and that would be really nice so that when it came time for rounds i could present a comprehensive plan for my attendings and i had really good attendings on my third year rotation which i think also helped hmm? me like it
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously it worked yeah do you feel the first two years really prepared you for third year
1: I think so. I think the CMC course, as much as we sort of rolled our eyes whenever we were doing it first or second year, I think having the practice of presenting patients and even writing notes was really, really helpful third year. Because Mm -hmm. not only did we feel more comfortable doing it, but even the attendings commented, like, your class is so much better at doing these presentations and writing notes. And so I think that was super, super duper helpful yeah. because when you get to third year, you present your patients in front of the whole care team, which includes, you know, all the interns, the resident, the attending, nurses, pharmacists, and it can be really intimidating. Yeah. Oh. And so having practice doing that ahead of time, I think was super helpful for I us. I remember
0: as a third year student, yeah, presenting in front of the team. And then I know certain attendings are very great at, uh, you know, I guess the Socratic method. And I just remember like, are you sure about that plan? And <laughs> yeah. like, I just remember like this one attending was just great. Just looking at me and just saying, are you sure about that? And oh, yeah. he was so good. He could probably talk me on my name. Like, <laughs> are you sure that's your name, are you sure? Like-
1: oh yeah. Some of them love doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, third year ends. you're thinking internal medicine. How did you plan your fourth year schedule with this goal in mind?
1: So because I wasn't um, sure I wanted to do internal medicine when I started my third year rotation, I wasn't as um, interested in getting recommendation letters during my third year rotation. So I um, wanted to do my sub I and my um, advanced internal medicine rotations early on in the year so that I could get some really good. Uh, recommendation letters from those attendings. And so I put those early. I wanted to get a lot of the more difficult rotations done early as well, just because I heard that it would make the end of your th- uh, fourth year better. So I did that. And then I went back and asked one of the cardiologists that I worked with third year to write me a recommendation letter. And so that's kind of how I thought about scheduling my fourth year was getting um, recommendation letters early on in the year. And then for the last part of the year, I wanted to do rotations that I thought would give me knowledge that would be helpful for my intern year. So mm-hmm. I did infectious disease cause I wasn't feeling super comfortable with antibiotics and all that stuff. So I did an, an infectious disease rotation. I did a, um, what was the other
0: one I did now? I can't think of nephrology, GI cards, cardiology. Okay.
1: Yeah. I did a cardiology rotation, which was super helpful at, you know, um, they had us read like tons of EKGs, EKGs so you can just every day. Dream about them. Yes, the exactly. Which you know <laughs> seemed annoying, but it's actually very helpful. And I don't want to be the intern intern year who doesn't know how to read an EKG. So I thought that rotation was super helpful. So I just wanted to do things that I thought would give me knowledge that would be useful mm-hmm. during residency. So that's what I did for the rest of
0: the year. And while you're doing like these specialties in internal medicine, do you start? I mean, were you? Were they trying to recruit you, maybe? Have you st- thought about like a fellowship down the road? Is that too yeah. far away?
1: Yeah, I like the fellowship. Because um, there's
0: many options for internal medicine. Like, yeah. It's probably the, the best one, the best loading dock to, for like yeah. further care. So.
1: Great for those of us who are indecisive because yes. it prolongs our decision. <laughs> yeah. But I like um, specialization. I did a cardiology rotation my third year, which I really liked. So I was thinking kind of cardiology. And then I also really liked infectious disease. So now I don't really know. But I think... I think I do want to specialize. Of course, that could all change okay. once I get done with residency <laughs> Three years. I might want to just be done, but I think at this point that I do want to specialize.
0: Okay. So uh, definitely deciding to do internal medicine. Uh, any away rotations? Why or why not?
1: I did not do array rotations. Uh, that was actually the advice of Dr. Stevenson. Um, he just thought that for internal medicine – unless there is one specific school or one specific region of the country that you just have to go to for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that your application really can speak for itself. And the the sort of two-sided, uh, I guess the, the issue with going on array rotations is as much as you could do really well, you could also maybe not do as well as they were expecting you to do. So it could sometimes hurt you in in terms of applying to special uh, certain schools. So mm-hmm. me I didn't know which school I wanted to go to or which region of the country I wanted to go to. So it was kind of recommended that I didn't need to do in a way rotation.
0: Okay. So, so uh, logging into MCAS, ERAS, excuse mm-hmm. me, ERAS. I always get confused. <laughs> All right, ERAS. How many programs did you apply to?
1: I applied to 37 programs.
0: Is that considered a lot, average, below average? I mean
1: I don't know. I okay. think It it depends on who you you are as an applicant. Mm -hmm. Talking to Dr. Stevenson and talking to Dr. Milne, they give you sort of ranges of schools that they think you should apply to. And I, you know, I think thirty-seven was a little bit more than they told me to apply to, but I was just nervous. That's a little extra anxiety. Yeah, "Eh, it was like click those boxes. Yeah, it was the last ten minutes that I was like, oh, let me just add these ten extra schools. Just more
0: money. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Um, thirty-seven applications. How many interviews?
1: So I ended up doing twelve interviews. I had
0: probably canceled a bunch.
1: Yeah, I I think it was twenty six interviews. Okay, so oh. Yeah.
0: So you're very competitive.
1: I I guess so. Okay. But you never know I'll going say it, you're into it. you very competitive. Yes. <laughs> you never know before you actually yeah. submit your application. Okay. You have people say things to you, but you're like, "Do you really know?" Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: All right. So um, start going out interviewing. What What are your thoughts about the different places you saw? Like, how did you know if you saw a place interviewed there what really kind of led you to kind of increase them or decrease them as far as your preference
1: mm-hmm. well i think first of all interviews were for residency were a lot different than interviews for med school and that they felt more like they were recruiting you you okay. know they were like this is the way a our good school feeling. is yeah. yeah let us
0: take you to a nice restaurant oh totally let it was let us a nice <laughs>
1: yeah it was a nice feeling yeah. <laughs> so um i went to i think i had before I started my interviews, I had an idea of the ranking of the schools in my head. You mm-hmm. know, I thought, oh, I like this region of the country. This is a good school. So I kind of had that in my mind going into interviews and the interviews kind of just helped confirm my suspicions or, um, you know, or not confirm my suspicions. But I went in and I just sort of the first thing you do for interviews is go to the interview dinner. And so I just tried to talk to the residents and see if they were a group of people that I thought I could get along with. And the interview dinners were actually pretty good for that. I feel like every school did have sort of a different vibe in terms of the residents and Mm. the way they interacted with each other and the way they interacted with the applicants. So I got a good sense of who the residents were. At least I felt like I did. um, Were any of the dinners
0: so great that that would have been, good just to stop right there or on the flip side any of the dinners so horrible like oh i don't want to show up tomorrow this, I didn't, this is not a good scene yeah
1: okay. i didn't have any horrible interview dinners i had some really great ones okay. that i think made me really excited for the interview day the next day and in most cases the interview day really just reaffirmed what i had learned during the interview dinner so i had some schools where i just i love the interview dinner the residents were great they were like they seemed so happy to see each other and they, mm-hmm. you could tell they were friends with each other and they were really nice to the applicants. So I think those went really well. And then I went into the interview day, super optimistic, which mm-hmm. then helped me like the interview day more mm-hmm. for those schools. Um, there were other schools that um, interview dinners were fine and, the interviews ended up being fine as well. I didn't have any really negative experiences on interview dinners. I know some of my classmates did, mm-hmm. but I I don't know if it's more my personality, whether I'm just easily <laughs> pleased or
0: <laughs> whether okay.
1: all the schools just did a good job selling themselves. But I, I thought they were all great. Of, of those 12 schools I ended up going to, mm-hmm. I thought they were all really good.
0: Okay. So saw 12 schools. And did you take your boyfriend?
1: He came, yeah, he came on a few of them with me. Was that
0: helpful, not helpful? How does that play out? Because sometimes, you know, that's an interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wanted to come to cities that he thought he would like. Okay. So, you know, he liked the sort of North Carolina region. So he came on that and sort of explored the city while I was at my interview. and. He kind of – he didn't want to come to certain cities that he didn't think he would like, which I think you should come to the cities mm-hmm. that you don't think you would like because there is one school in particular that I really liked in a city that he was not excited to move to. And so once I was done with the interview, I was like, I really like this school. And he was like, I'm not moving to that city. And I was like, you have never been to that city. You should have come with me. Maybe it would have been better than you Can we talk about
0: Utah? the city? What's the
1: city called? It was St. Louis. It's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: St. Hey, Louis is a good city.
1: Yeah, is I think Ted was, Drews. Yeah, yeah, and good I, ice cream. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked the program, and I really liked the program director. Had just such a positive experience, <laughs> and um, he was less positive about the city itself.
0: Okay, all right. So, uh, all right. So you have your list, and then going into making, like, officially submitting it. Um, love letters. How is that with internal medicine? There's a lot of love being passed back and forth.
1: For me, there. There was a little bit towards the end. Okay. Um, there wasn't any sort of early on or um, in the middle, and I think that at least of my friends who were internal med- in internal medicine, the same the same happened to them. Um, I wrote thank you letters to everyone after I was done with my interview, and most of the program directors did respond back. Mm-hmm. Um, And then as it got closer to submitting your rank list, that's when I kind of started hearing from some of the schools, you know, we really liked you. you know.
0: Did you do any like second looks? Did you ever go back to a city or a program?
1: I didn't. I wanted to go back to a couple of cities, but it just didn't work out with my schedule. But um, I made a a goal of an effort to spend some time in the cities that I thought I would like that I had never been to during interviews. So that was helpful in um, kind of, Helping me make my decision about where to rank the schools.
0: All right. So obviously, uh, to help your relationship, you put St. Louis number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So in between submitting your rank list and match day, how Uh was that month like? Did you – were you feeling really confident or were you kind of second-guessing yourself or – how, how
1: was that? It went back and forth. There were days where I was like, okay, this is great. I love this list. I love where every everything landed. And then there were other days where I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should have put this school higher. I should put this school lower. Mm. For me, it was hard because I really did like so many of the schools that I interviewed at. I mean, I think... Nine out of 12 of the schools I interviewed at, I was like, I could go here and I would be really happy if I went here. And so it made it really hard, especially with the like number four, five, and six spots um, where to put schools because I was like, I don't know. I just really – I liked all of them. Um, But once I submitted my rank list and was just waiting for match day, it just gave – Gave a little time for the list to settle in my mind. i tried I tried really hard not to focus on any one school, like my top school or my second choice or my third choice just because I was like, there is a chance that I won't go here and I don't want to start envisioning my life in Seattle before I'm even matching. Mm-hmm. you know, so i I tried to. I tried to just think about every school positively and kind of envision myself opening the envelope and seeing every school and imagining positive things about each school.
0: So every time you ordered something from Amazon.com or use Microsoft Word, you try, I'm not trying to think about Seattle. And yeah. You know, but okay. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, exactly. reminders everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So – Match week, you got the email Monday, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: found out you matched. Mm -hmm. Was there any stress associated with that or are you pretty confident going in that you matched?
1: There wasn't any stress associated with it until Monday morning at like 8 a.m. And I was like, I could have not matched, you know, and I started going through all these things scenarios in my head like what if i put the wrong program codes mm. in the list or what if you know i said something to every single one of the schools that made them hate me and you know so i started panicking mm. at 8 a.m the email is coming at 9 and yeah leading up to 9 i was really really nervous but before that i wasn't too nervous
0: calm yeah cool more but or less 8 to 9 a.m monday morning not so calm yeah not so yeah. cool all right so get the email yeah. So how's it like from that Monday to the Friday, knowing that you match, but have no idea where? Is yeah. it just surreal or is it just like you're just busy with life and you didn't think about it?
1: There was there was about 30 minutes of relief and excitement, and then that kind of slowly dissipated and it just became nerves again about, oh okay, where am I going now? Torture.
0: For the people <laughs> in charge of this match program, you should really listen to this podcast. Oh, because, it's
1: a torture Yeah, because I'm pretty
0: sure this is common throughout the nation. Like, oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just this ritual that has been created. Oh, boy. Okay. So Friday. Uh oh no, Thursday night. Did mm-hmm. you sleep?
1: I did actually. Okay. Yeah, I so me and my fiance the night before, we decided to play a little game where we talked about positive things about every city that I had ranked, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a reason I chose them to interview. I, did was, he see your list? He saw my list. Oh, okay, so yes. you can't
0: you couldn't tease them with the St. Louis no, thing, just no. to kind of just to mess with him yeah', is yeah. the foundation of all good marriages. So,
1: okay. <laughs> no he knew my list okay. and so we went through every school and said positive things and it actually made me feel a lot better because we and then we would play a game where we're like what's the best city for sports teams what's the best city for food what's the best city for outdoors and they kind of all bounced okay. around and so I was like there's a reason I chose these schools there's a reason I chose to interview there so in any of these schools there'll be positive things associated with them at least that's the way I I did it. So then the night before, I slept fairly well. I mean, I woke up very early and couldn't go back to bed, but I think I had sort of a peace of mind um, going into Friday.
0: Okay. So Friday comes, whole family's there, Mm -hmm. fiance's there. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: Dr. Lee gives her talk. They cut the envelope. I mean, cut, excuse me, they cut the ribbon. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you open it by yourself? Do you bring it to your family? What do you do with that envelope?
1: I walked up kind of slowly. Okay. Avoided I was, the rush. Yeah. Okay. By the morning, I was very nervous again. Um. So I kind of just walked up slowly, got my envelope, walked back to my family, and then kind of just opened it slowly and then read um, the school and saw that I got my top choice and then was really excited. So where are you headed? Seattle, Washington, university of
0: Washington. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so now your mind starts thinking like, Oh, I matched and, and, so, so, is that anxiety completely gone, or now it's kind of ramping back up about finding a place to live yeah. and orientation and ACLS and all that fun stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Match Day was just, it was surreal. Mm-hmm. It was just really exciting. I found out one of my good friends is also going to that program, and then two of my other good friends are in the Pacific Northwest. So, it was just a day of excitement. Um, for me. And so that was all of match day and even the next day. And then kind of going into the next week was when I was like, okay, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be having to do all these things in preparation. Cause that Monday is also when you start getting all the emails from your program yeah. being like, okay, fill out this, cert- fill out your schedule, you know, tell us. And so that's when I started.
0: Have you already seen your contract?
1: I haven't.
0: OK. Yeah. Because I remember when I got my contract, it was like, wow, this is like a 50-page document. Oh. And there's no negotiation, right? It's not like, oh, uh, yeah, actually, like this, this, and this. No, it's just yeah. like you sign this or you do not. You, <laughs> you have no not.
1: leverage. <laughs> you have no leverage.
0: <laughs> I like that. OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then you get to see – like I assume you, they sent you some sort of roster with all your future kind yeah. of residents mm-hmm. and where you're from and little pictures. Mm-hmm. So so that, that was nice, right? Yeah, yeah that okay. was really
1: nice. And I, I recognized a couple names that I of students that I had seen on multiple interviews. So that was kind of exciting to see that they are going to be my co-residents now.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, happy match. Yeah. Happy future. So yeah. So when does, when does uh, orientation start?
1: So for us, it's June 16th.
0: Wow. We keep on moving it up. It used to be July 1st. Now it, like, it used to be end of June. Now it's mid-June.
1: This July 1st thing is a myth because I don't know anyone who's actually starting July well, 1st. Many years ago, it started on <laughs> July 1st,
0: but now probably in a few years it'll be like June
1: 1st. Yeah. And then I a think so. Push into May. There are definitely people starting earlier than me.
0: So is it just a week of orientation or is it just like a day or
1: It's about it's about a week of orientation. Like
0: you the, start making money though, right?
1: I don't know. Okay.
0: I don't know. I, that's important I should look into out. that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Not like I can change it, even if I don't. <laughs> Again, no leverage.
0: Okay. So uh, this is great, Natasha. Last few minutes. Um, uh, let's talk about med school. So you grew up in Utah. Yeah. And then you went to undergrad out in Philly. Mm-hmm. Go UPenn. Go right? UPenn. And then you came back here to med school. Uh-huh. Though I remember, because you're part of my first class, you had some maybe real trepidation coming back. Yeah. Okay. So just talk about that. Like, Did that turn out to be true? And like, what was it like to kind of grow up in Utah, go all out of state uh, for undergrad and come back for grad school. What was that What was that like? So yeah,
1: so <clears throat> growing up in Utah, I was kind of, you know, I was ready to go somewhere else for college and I really really loved my four years at Penn and I, you know, I didn't think I would move back to Utah to be honest, but I kind of graduated at the beginning of the recession and so there wasn't a lot of job opportunities and I just, you know, I was kind of I didn't want to just jump into some job that I didn't really like, so I moved back to Utah, but I had always had in the back of my mind that I would probably move for med school mm-hmm. and so um, when I came to choosing med school you know to choosing med schools I did have some trepidation coming back to Utah I wasn't sure you know I'd heard that there were fewer women in the class and stuff like that so I was a little bit nervous but my class actually was 50-50 women and I really did like um, on second look day a lot of the students were really really great and really outdoorsy and very similar to me so I came to Utah and I've actually really, really loved my time here. I have gotten so close with so many of my classmates. I've made some amazing friends that will be my really good, you know, my best friends forever. And I think the school was really supportive of a lot of what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, during med school. So I had a really positive experience at the U. I don't think I would change anything if I could go back. Um, so it was it was a really great experience. And it was nice for my mom being close to my family. Yeah. Um, it was just a great four years, you know.
0: Because I, I was saying before we started, I turned on the pod. I remember your family very distinctly on, on uh, White Coat back in, I guess that was 2013? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, oh, thank you for helping uh, convince Natasha to come here. Like, we're so glad she's here. (laughs) Yeah. So I I remember your family was very excited to have you back. Yes. So um, are they sad that you're going on to Seattle or they kind of accept that this is kind of just – Part of the process,
1: a little bit of both. Okay. I think they're they're sad that I'm not going to be as close as I have been for the last few years, but also very excited that I'm moving somewhere that I'm excited to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and closer than and Philly. it is closer than Philly. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, compared to hour and a half
0: flight, exactly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Delta, you mm-hmm. know, is a hub in Seattle, just like here. So I think my mom's really excited about seafood and. Mm coming up to a new city to visit. So there's, there's kind of a mix of sadness that I'm leaving, but excitement about my future. Okay.
0: Did you even, did you even look at Philly for a residency I program? I okay. did.
1: And it made was my top three. Okay. Yeah. Was that, was
0: that kind of strange going back after being away four years? It or? was, okay. it was.
1: And I had to remind myself that residency would not be like undergrad in any way, shape or form. Cause <laughs> I got very nostalgic when I was there. Oh, the
0: nostalgia feelings. Yeah. As well. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was like, okay, no, consider the program alone, not, you know, considering your experience undergrad. And it was, it was great, you know, and my top three were all over the country. My other, and my top three was in the South. So I had, mm. you know, Northwest, East, Northeast, and South. So when you opened
0: up your envelope, it could have been literally anywhere in the country. It
1: could have been literally anywhere. Okay. But luckily, my top three, honestly, if I could have put my top three as number one, I would have, because I, I was equally as excited about all three of them. But, you know, for the sake of the rank, I had to put one number one, but, and I, I was really excited about Seattle, especially the proximity to my family and my fiance's family lives in Washington state as well. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that I would have been equally happy with any of my top three if I'd opened the envelope on match day. So
0: awesome. Okay. Last question, Natasha, uh, with a couple minutes left, um, obviously you've succeeded in med school. I predict you're going to succeed in residency. You're going to be an awesome physician. Um, Looking back to anyone who's listening, what advice would you give them uh, as they are about to start medical school? You know, what lessons have you learned over the past two, you know, four years? Um, What would you say, you know, to those who are just about to start this journey that you're kind of in the midway point at?
1: Yeah. I think the most important thing is do what works for you. Mm -hmm. And that comes, you know, multiple points in medical school, whether it's studying for exams, find a study technique that works for you, not that that has worked for other, other people, because everyone learns differently and everyone studies differently and different things work for different people. So that's something that I had to learn um, my first and second year. And then even third year going into third year, I think finding a specialty that really suits you as an individual is more important than doing something that's super competitive or something that other people will, you know, be be like, wow, you're mm-hmm. going into XYZ. Find something that really makes you happy and that you think will continue to make you happy. Do what works for you. And I think Also, when it comes to ranking schools and choosing schools to interview for residency, you know, sometimes you get lured by really good named schools or really big cities, but you have to think, what is a place that works for me individually? A place that I will like going to work every day and a city that I would like living in when I'm done at the end of the day and just try and figure out what you as an individual wants and things will work out.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that. Last question, uh, Philly cheesesteaks, where in Salt Lake City is the best place?
1: Ooh. Because
0: by the sheer fact you lived in Philly for four years, I feel you have you know an expert opinion on Ooh, this.
1: Ooh, I don't know. I have not found a cheesesteak. Moochies?
0: Could we give a shout-out to Moochies?
1: Moochies is good. Okay. Yeah, they're good. I think maybe the, maybe that's the best one in Salt Lake. Okay. But I feel like if you really want a good cheesesteak, you should just go to Philly, okay. enjoy the city, get a cheesesteak.
0: Uh, I, I know Philly well. I, I was, I've was i been there many times. Um, And if Moochies is listening, hey, we we could use you always as a sponsor for this pod. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Great cheesesteaks and all right. Moochies. Well, Natasha, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to go to Seattle. I hope our paths cross again. I don't know. Maybe you'll be yeah. back here in Utah one day. We'll see. So.
1: You've been so helpful. Thank you so much all for right. all your help.
0: Thanks, Natasha. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.